Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. No one ever thinks about the flu below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo, 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 yo. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Gangplank Report. We are recapping episode 14 of Below Deck Med. They called it All I Need is a Miracle, and we've decided to call it Wine and Goat Cheese. And we will explain why shortly. And Jen, for your rapid recap. The fight from last week, we had made a point of talking about how it was theater, and that's confirmed in the first few minutes of the show. The timestamp on the fight was 10:29 a.m. and their lovely makeup session was at 11:33 a.m. So I think we were right and that was all a little bit theatrical. Moving on to the guests, some of them are delayed waiting for their covid results. The primary actually calls them. He didn't want to wait the hour for them to get their results back. They order Shirley Temples because they're not drinkers, which is Sprite and Grenadine. I'm personally a Roy Rogers girl, which is Coke and Grenadine. The dolphin teaser that we got in the previews from last week was another near miss. I don't know if they're trying to play off of sailing yachts crash or what, but nothing happened there. You can get your nitroglycerin tablets out because I'm getting ready to tell you something you might not believe out of my mouth. I 100% agree with Malia when it comes to having a third stew and that Katie should have kept Delaney. They have a beach picnic set up that is a total hike and it wears Z and Malia out. Sandy's invited to dinner, which makes Matt nervous to prove himself. The guests ignore Malia's instructions about the jet skis and drive them into town under a bridge. Matt gives us a Captain Obvious moment when he says he works best with positive accolades. After dinner, Sandy tells Matt that his food was delicious, but that there was a lot of dark fish in it, and she didn't like that part, and not to do that again. The next morning, Z's up solo, and he forgot to put out the paddleboard. David tried to get Lloyd a job on his next boat, but it didn't work out. Lloyd seems anxious about finding another crew who's as accepting of him. And the exterior seems to be having a lot of rookie errors. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. Getting into this episode with this Sandy and Malia fight situation, we did Mm -hmm. talk about it last week. And I just feel like it's very insincere. I think Malia's reaction is like, oh, I see what's going on here. My prediction and I'm not sure if I fully elaborated last week, is that I think they're setting Malia up to leave to save Sandy Mm -hmm. in this because we know she's back for filming again. And I, on some level, feel like the way that Sandy contradicts herself where she says, I just don't trust you because that was her excuse for firing Hannah. 
mm-hmm. and then coming back 30 minutes later or whatever you said it was to say I trust you 100% like pick one mm-hmm. it can't be both I understand that you were quote unquote mad that mm-hmm. you were not informed and that a proper piece of paperwork wasn't filled out but on some level I minorly agree with Malia I can't believe I'm saying that either <laughs> that it was off duty She asked him a multitude of times if he was okay. He wanted to work it off. I think he was embarrassed more than anything else, but Mm -hmm. he seemed like he wanted to try to power through it. And if he's not making a big deal about it, and when the handful of times that she checked in with him, he said he was fine. You can't tell from looking at a bruise. Yeah, it looks nasty, but I've had really nasty bruises that didn't hurt at all. Right. You know, so I mean, for Sandy to get that worked up just really seemed like a over dramatization to me. Right. And the other thing that I noticed this time was, well, I noticed it last week, but I didn't really put it together until Malia's confessional this week was she was saying that this is the chief officer's gig and she's not a chief officer. So she put it on David that he should have told the chief officer and that she should have reminded him. And in that sense, she said that was her bad. But it's kind of almost they're trying to make it be a problem that wasn't a problem, which makes it even more fake, you know, because Sandy mentioned, I get where you're going with the technicalities, which was a big deal last year with the whole Hannah thing, the, the technicalities of maritime law. So I really feel like the fact that this was brought up in the first meeting, I think whether there was an actual injury or not, somehow this would have been in the storyline. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That something. We would have made a bigger deal out of the bunghole issue. Exactly. Something would have gone on to cause some sort of fight that they could use to show we're not one person, we're two people, and I don't show her favoritism kind of thing. And that's where we're at with this. But it just came off. I had people last night that agreed with our perspective on it that thought it looked very fake. And I had other people that were surprised that we thought it was fake. So I guess it depends on where you land with how things shook out last year or how much you're willing to suspend disbelief when you're watching reality TV. If you don't think that production fiddles with anything, you're more likely to take this in as truth, I think. Right. And I just, again, I just see this. It's like watching a movie and you know the ending already. Right. Kind of. Mm -hmm. And so things seem much more predictable than Mm -hmm. they would if you didn't know what you know in advance. Right. So it's just kind of frustrating to watch. That doesn't mean that I'm rooting for Malia, by the way, but it just seems like she's the scapegoat. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And with everything that was going on with the different deck crew mishaps that were happening, she put David on late so he wouldn't be up and around during the most strenuous part of the water sports and setup and things like that to show that she was taking his injury into account, which was more placating of Sandy than anything, because David seemed like I don't think he could have necessarily done the beach hike but he's been doing everything else okay. And by all of these little things happening, be it the anchor ball being up, Z missing with the same line, I believe that Delaney missed with. Wasn't it the the spring line that she missed with? 
It was one of the stern lines that she was trying to toss back to one of the guys. Right. Well, Z missed with that as well. And just little things happening. And we see in the previews at the end, Malia saying, if you see me hustling, I expect you to be hustling as well. So it seems like there's going to be this perfect deck crew image that we've had this whole season all of a sudden is now going to rapidly fall apart as we hit the end of the season, which I get that people get tired. That's Malia's explanation, but I really do feel like there was just a whiplash shift in how things are on the exterior versus how they're becoming. I think everybody's just getting tired. They've been at this for a while. We're near the end of the season. Everybody knows that. I think it's a mental focus thing. Right. You know, now people are starting to figure out what they're going to do afterwards. Like Lloyd, what job am I going to get after this? Mm -hmm. So you're not as focused as you are at the beginning. Right. So things start to go wrong. You know, that starts to happen in real life on yachts too. Once you start to wind down on a trip, everybody just kind of hits a place where you're looking ahead, not looking at the present. Okay. And that makes sense. And that's valid too. I could be reading too much into all of this. It just seemed very odd to me to go from everything's going okay to everything's falling apart. I expected it on the interior with them only having two it honestly seemed like Courtney was running around like crazy I'm not saying Katie wasn't working as hard but she kept adding list things for Courtney and you would know better if what Courtney was doing is time consuming or not but I mean she had the laundry going they even had David in the laundry I'm not sure that Katie fully understood the implications of her not bringing on that extra set of hands. And if it meant that Delaney could swing out to help set up this awesome picnic thing that they set up on the movie set on the side of that hill, it would have been handy to have an extra person for that kind of thing. And to have her jump back to laundry when she got back to the boat. I mean, there's so many unskilled tasks Mm -hmm. that she could have been delegated that it would have made a big difference, I think, in everybody's, and everybody's thinking about it now going, now that Lexi's gone, our tip wouldn't have been that much different if we had kept Delaney on, but look how much more help we would have had to get some of this stuff accomplished. Yeah, and Malia was muttering under her breath a few different times during the episode about the amount of work that the exterior is having to pick up because of her choosing to not do that. So, right. And again, I agree with Malia on that. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone or something. <laughs> I was agreeing <laughs> with her a lot in this episode. But that picnic setup, that was gorgeous. I will say that was a beautiful view. They did a great job with that setup and the guests seemed really happy about that. I think that's my favorite one of the seasons so far, for sure. Yeah. I'm surprised again that it seems like they're cutting this short. They're already back. We end the show with them docking. So it seems like a one day gig again. And it's surprising to me that it's cut so short unless the picnic away was the only exciting thing that they did. Yeah. And a little bit of water sports. And a little bit of water sports. Yeah. Them jet skiing into town. I mean, I don't care if you don't understand the difference between 300 meters and 300 yards. You still know that if you're going under a bridge, 
in through town that you're closer than that i'm sorry yeah. if you're a football fan at all you know what 100 yards is <laughs> yeah but let's get a little bit here with matt swag nasty sweat with swag nasty yes let's just call him that we'll call him swag whiny this time <laughs> <Because> <laughs> he really was telling us things that we've already learned about him during the season and we even talked about it last week how he's great if you're complimentary of him and you fawn over him and things like that it's when you say something negative that instantly the switch flips and he's a different person and the whole episode he was just kind of begging katie to give him praise and accolades and advice and all not even just katie yeah everybody who walked into that galley Mm mm-hmm Yeah, that's a little needy. Generally, my experience with chefs like you, like my daughter, like my son-in-law, very confident and know what they want and know what they want to do. I don't know that I understand his perspective on a chef. What do you think he sees himself chef-wise? I think he sees himself as an artist, not somebody who's basically in a production line. It does require creativity. It does require thoughtfulness. I mean, there is some artistic expression that is required for the job because obviously you want the plating to look nice and there has to be some kind of thought put into that. But at the end of the day, you're still feeding people and McDonald's can do that. It's (laughs) just the level to which you do it and the presentation. And it's really annoying to me to watch him this episode. And I think that because he doesn't have Lexi as a foil for his frustration, which he has had the whole season all along, he's been mentally focusing on how much he can't stand her and not necessarily being introspective about himself. Mm -hmm. And we really didn't hear him maybe a a handful of times prior to this say things that made him sound this insecure. And I think that now that there's no conflict for him to focus on, he's focusing on himself a little bit more. And that's when he starts to run down this path. And it's not even a run, it's a full sprint. Right. And it's not the crew's job to provide feedback from the guests is one thing. When I send dishes out and the stews come back with cleared plates, I ask them, did they seem happy? Do I need to go check on them? Is there anything that they need? Those kind of things. That kind of feedback is really useful, especially if you still have six more days with these people. Right. To find out what it is that they like and they don't like. What did somebody, you know, I always look at plates when they come back to the galley and I ask whose is whose. If it's a cleared plate, awesome. Then I really have no questions. I know that they were happy with it. If they leave a couple of things, like if they pick the tomatoes out or if they pick the olives out, then I want to know that because then going forward, I can amend my dishes based on what I know people like and what they don't like. Cause they're not necessarily, if they don't like olives, they're not necessarily going to write it on a list. Right. They might just pick it, pick out. it off. Mm-hmm. And then looking at this fish dish that he did, mm-hmm. some fish like cold water fish like salmon has a much more fishy flavor to it when you cook it when you cook it the fat renders and goes into the meat and it actually changes the chemical composition of the fish of the fat and so I'm personally not a huge fan of salmon I know you in general are not a fan of fish unless it tastes like chicken exactly (laughs) (laughs) 
And it's interesting to me that he didn't do the presentation. They made it a point, Katie made it a point to the guests when she went out to tell them what it was, that it was a whole roasted sea bass. And there is a way to do a presentation where you kind of peel the exterior skin back and serve from the whole fish which gives it a really cool presentation style. I understand that the interior staff is a little short-handed, so maybe that wasn't really an option, but it's a, when you say that it's a whole roasted fish and then you present them with a pile of fish on a plate, right. it doesn't really correlate to me. There's a different way to do that. And I wasn't quite sure what the saute was that was on top, but I, I wasn't super, so far I've been fairly impressed with his presentation food-wise. Mm-hmm. This dish, I think just fell flat. And I, I mean, obviously it was accentuated by the fact that Sandy made comments about it. And really, you should not serve that vein portion of the fish because that's the part that has the fishiness to it. Right. Okay. Of that white flaky fish. So well, I was definitely counting on you for that because, like you said, I don't indulge in seafood very often. So I didn't feel like I could judge. It did look messy, though. It didn't look appealing. And when he was actually getting ready to roast it and was putting the herbs inside the fish and everything, that looked cool. You know, I know some people don't like to see the eyes and whatever, but it looked cooler than what came out on the plate. But again, not being my forte, I wasn't sure if I was just letting my swag whiny bias work against me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was interesting because I feel like I don't understand what the accent thing was. I know that Sandy had asked for it and it sounds like everybody was kind of teasing it around all day long, but Mm -hmm. not really nailing it. Yeah. The Italian accent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like all these people needed to spend their night off watching Goodfellas or something. Yeah. Goodfellas. Brush up on their Italian accent. Something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that they could actually nail it as opposed to what happened. I mean, Katie tried props to her, but it seemed like everybody else was trying to jump into it too. And I just didn't get it. Overall, I just felt this episode was very fillery. Lackluster. Yes. Very lackluster. I don't know if it's because we've come off of the huge Lexi drama and this is production's way of giving us a palate cleanser Yeah, or what is really behind it. I struggled to watch and you know, I usually watch at least three times before we do this. I struggled to watch twice and come up with much worth talking about. The guests were, they were nice enough. A lot didn't really go on. They seemed grateful. They seemed happy. Again, it doesn't look like we're going to get to see a lot of them. So I don't know how eventful it was and what they could really make of this charter. And with a shortened season, you're going to have to include something. But we'll have to see. It looks like we get to see what Lloyd's health issue is about coming up in the next episode. A little more of a stern Malia coming up. And we'll have to see what happens as far as them being shorthanded with a different set of charter guests. And Courtney having some kind of a breakdown. Right. Yeah, she did at dinner when she was crying. That's what you're talking about, right? Yep. She had a little bit of a breakdown that everybody's going through things. So we know back from earlier in the season that her dad is suffering from Alzheimer's. Since that was first mentioned and she and Lexi had the moment in the bathroom, she hasn't really brought it up again. So maybe the fact that she's just getting worked so hard, emotions are heightened. I know that mine get heightened when I'm tired. So yeah, hopefully that's all it is. 
but we will have to wait until next week to see. And I'm hoping it's something that's not the television equivalent of Zequel. <laughs> I, I need a no dose episode. <laughs> so well, hopefully they're saving some good stuff for the last couple episodes. I hope we so shall too. see. Mm-hmm. And if we could ask everybody to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. And definitely tell your friends about it. And if anybody has any questions that we can answer during one of our episodes, please feel free to email us at gangplankreport at gmail.com. Yeah, you can also tweet us and just tag Gangplank Report on Twitter. We can see those too. If there's a question or a comment, we might even pull a tweet if you have a good one. Just hashtag us or add us on Twitter. That would be great. We appreciate you listening. We will catch you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties.